Hello and welcome to another teaching by 119 Ministries. Our ministry teaches that the whole Bible is true and applicable for our lives today. If you would like to learn more about what we believe and teach, please visit us at testeverything.net. We hope that you enjoy studying and testing the following teaching. According to how most understand Leviticus 11, bees are considered unclean. Yet, bees provide honey. Does this make honey unclean? Why or why not? While most may have not considered the question, the reality is, is that this subject is quickly becoming a matter of strong debate. The first thought by most is that this question is absurd. The Bible mentions honey in the positive so many times. Here are a couple examples, Leviticus 20, 24. But I have said to you, you shall inherit their land. I will give it to you to possess, a land flowing with milk and honey, Devash. I am Yahweh your God, who has separated you from the peoples. Also, Proverbs 24, verse 13. My son, eat honey, Devash, for it is good and the drippings of the honeycomb are sweet to your taste. Yet, here is the issue. While the Hebrew is translated into English as honey, as in honey from bees, most scholars agree that what is being referred to is date honey or sweet tree sap. Date honey, date syrup, date molasses, or rub is a thick, dark brown, very sweet fruit syrup extracted from dates. It is very common in Middle Eastern cooking. There also existed sweet tree sap. The Hebrew word devash literally means sweet syrup. That can include bee honey, but really means any type of sweet syrup. But what about instances of the mention of honeycomb? Well, that becomes an interesting study as well. Let's go through a few examples found in the ESV. 1 Samuel 14. And the men of Israel had been hard-pressed that day. So Saul had laid an oath on the people, saying, Cursed be the man who eats food until it is evening, and I am avenged on my enemies. So none of the people had tasted food. Now when all the people came to the forest, Yaar, behold, there was honey, Devash, on the ground. And when the people entered the forest, Yaar, behold, the honey, Devash, was dropping. But no one put his hand to his mouth, for the people feared the oath. But Jonathan had not heard his father charge the people with the oath. So he put out the tip of his staff that was in his hand and dipped it in the honeycomb, Devash, and put his hand to his mouth, and his eyes became bright. We see that the Hebrew word for honey is Devash, which we already defined as a sweet syrup. While the English translators in this case have translated Devash as honeycomb in verse 27, that translation may not be definitive. Devash is best translated as a sweet syrup, not a honeycomb. Also in context, we see that they enter into a forest, Yar. This may support the dominant scholarly position that the honey in context is some sort of sap from trees. Regardless, we cannot definitively say that this is bee honey. It could be, or it may not be. That leads us to a verse from the Song of Solomon, chapter 5, verse 1. I came to my garden, my sister, my bride. 
I gathered my myrrh with my spice. I ate my honeycomb, yar, with my honey, devash. I drank my wine with my milk. Eat, friends, drink, and be drunk with love. In this verse, we see that the English translators took license to translate yar as honeycomb. However, technically yar means forest or trees. While this could mean a honeycomb in a tree, it seems more likely that this is a sweet syrup, devash, coming from trees. Not only would this have been more typical in the Middle East, but we also see a similar context in the verses in 1 Samuel that we already covered. Psalm 19.10 More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter than honey, devash, and drippings, no fifth, of the honeycomb, suf. In this verse, we have a new Hebrew word translated in the English as honeycomb. That word is suf, literally meaning flow or overflowing. While honeycomb might be the correct translation, this could also be sweet tree sap flowing from a tree. Unfortunately, we cannot prove through this verse that this is honey derived from bees. We see the same in Proverbs 16.24. Gracious words are like a honeycomb, devash suf, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Or Proverbs 24.13. My son, eat honey, devash, for it is good and the drippings of the honeycomb, no fifth, are sweet to your taste. The Hebrew word translated as honeycomb is no fifth. It literally means a dripping of devash, honey, sweet syrup. Unfortunately, this does not help clarify if it is a dripping from a honeycomb or a tree, as in tree sap. So, because of these verses, most scholars would suggest that most occurrences of honey in Scripture is not actually bee honey. And that would include the honey eaten by John the Baptist, Matthew 3.4. Because the Greek word for honey also means any type of sweet syrup. Yet there is one clear exception in the Tanakh that does refer to bee honey without any doubt. That brings us to Samson in Judges chapter 14. After some days he returned to take her, and he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, there was a swarm of bees in the body of the lion and honey, devash. He scraped it out into his hands and went on, eating as he went. And he came to his father and mother and gave some to them, and they ate. But he did not tell them that he had scraped the honey, devash, from the carcass of the lion. In this instance, we clearly see that bee honey is the context. However, the skeptic will often mention that Samson was not always walking in the right way. So how can it be suggested that Samson eating honey was really the right thing to do? That's a fair point. However, what should also be considered is that Samson also gave the bee honey to his parents, and they ate the honey. These are the same parents that encouraged Samson to consider not getting married to someone from the uncircumcised Philistines. See verse 3. They were also the ones that made the Nazarite vow for their son, dedicating him to Yahweh. In addition, and this is what is important, Scripture appears to explain the problem of the parents eating of the honey, not being the fact that it was bee honey in of itself, but that it was bee honey taken out of the unclean dead lion carcass. Leviticus 11.26 Let's read Judges 14.9 again. But he did not tell them he had scraped the honey, devash, from the carcass of the lion. 
So because of this, ancient Jewish rabbis then debated how bee honey could be considered clean for the same reasons we described in the opening of this teaching. How can unclean bees make clean honey? It is a paradox. Rabbinical writings state that nothing clean can come out of something unclean. So they had a theory. The honey of bees is permitted because bees store it up in their bodies, but it does not contain secretions from their body. So in seeing that honey was found acceptable in scripture, Jewish rabbis speculated as to how that could be. They speculated that flower nectar does not go into the stomach of a bee, but is transported in some other way. Critics often suggest that bee honey is simply bee vomit. This would force an understanding that flower nectar goes into a bee's stomach and is exposed to digestive juices, and those digestive juices are still present in bee honey. If this was correct, and bee honey really is bee vomit, then that would certainly mean that bee honey is unclean. But it turns out that recent studies demonstrate two amazing facts. Number one, the bee has two stomachs, one for digestion and the other for honey transportation and production. Two, the bee forager honey stomach does not contain any digestive juices. The discovery of this fact solves the problem mentioned above about digestive juices. Studies reveal another fact. Different honeybees have different jobs. Some of these bees are forager bees, which collect nectar from flowering plants. The foragers drink the nectar and store it in their crop, which is also called the honey stomach. The crop is used solely for storage, and the bee does not digest the nectar at all. The forager bee then takes the nectar back to the hive and places the nectar directly into the crop of a processor bee at or near the entrance to the hive. The processor bee inserts enzymes that take apart the molecules of the nectar and turn some of them from monosaccharides into disaccharides. Honey contains an almost equal mixture of glucose, grape sugar, and fructose, fruit sugar, which are monosaccharides. After the enzymes released by the bee have done their work and the nectar has turned into honey, the enzymes disintegrate and nothing is left of them, and the bee releases the pure honey on the honeycomb without anything mixed in it. Interestingly enough, ancient speculation on why honey is clean is proved correct through scientific study. It is easy to see how this could be a more complicated study than most would have imagined. There is a lot of information to work through and consider. In the end, it is interesting to see predictions by ancient rabbis proved correct by modern science. While we just entertained answering whether honey is unclean from a scriptural perspective, combined with the dominant scholarly position that the mention of honey in scripture is not always honey, there might be some good archaeological evidence to consider that suggests that Israel did indeed manufacture honey. This would be contrary to the common scholarly position that honey in scripture is simply tree sap or a sweet extract from dates or figs. Archaeologist Amihai Mazar of Hebrew University recently made a profound discovery during a dig at the ancient city of Rehov in northern Israel. During this dig, they found 3,000-year-old cylindrical hives constructed of unbaked clay and straw. 
This one example could have provided about half a ton of honey per year. That is a lot of honey. They even found evidence of bees and honey still preserved in the ancient remains. More importantly, this is proof that when Scripture mentions sweet syrup, often translated as honey, that it literally could have meant bee honey. According to the Hebrew University team, this discovery suggests beekeeping already was an elaborate agricultural practice 3,000 years ago. Israelite hives appear to be the oldest surviving hives in the region and in perhaps the whole world. There is more to consider about the ancient mass production of bee honey. A common practice in Africa was to place beehives in acacia trees, which also exist in Israel. The acacia tree has very long and sharp thorns in their branches, and these thorns would protect the hive from predators. Interestingly, the honey made from acacia flowers is the only honey that will never crystallize. The Ark of the Covenant was made from acacia wood, and we know that the Torah, specifically the Ten Commandments, was placed inside the Ark, just like the beehive was placed inside the acacia tree. This alludes to a connection between the Torah and honey from the hive. The Torah says on numerous occasions that we are to keep God's words. The word for keep in Hebrew is the verb shamar, which literally means to guard. The word shamar is derived from the practice of building a corral of thorns to keep the flocks in at night to protect them from predators. Derived from shamar is the Hebrew word shamir, which means thorn. So just like they placed the hive in the thorns of the acacia tree, we are to guard, like with a corral of thorns, Yahweh's word. The Hebrew word for word is davar, and derived from this word is devarah, which is the word for a bee. Another connection between honey and words. Just as honey made from acacia flowers never crystallize, so God's words will never go bad or harden, etc. We are also told to place the Torah in our hearts in order to keep or shamar, to guard them, another allusion to placing the hive in the acacia tree. We hope that you have been blessed by this teaching. And remember, continue to test everything. Shalom. It is because of you, our generous supporters, who make it possible to offer these high-quality teachings completely free of charge. If you feel led to support 119 Ministries so that we can continue this effort, please visit testeverything.net and click on the Support 119 tab. Learn how you can partner with us to take the whole Word of God to the nations.